Blog Talk Radio. for tuning in once again to Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is DebtFreeWealth.org. We're on a crusade and we invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately lead to helping those who desire it delete debt, build wealth, and protect family and assets. While I have your attention, I'm going to ask for a personal favor. Please click the follow button for our show or the like button if you're accessing this later on a blog site. Today's discussion comes from the categories of deleting debt and building wealth. And the topic of today's show is precious metals for dummies and smart people too. Mr. Paul Majenovic, otherwise nicknamed the raving capitalist, is our guest today. Paul is a national seminar leader. He's an author and consultant. His specialties are investing and home business issues. Paul's books include Zero Cost Marketing, The Unofficial Guide to Picking Stocks, and Stock Investing for Dummies. Uh, That book actually achieved Barron's Honor List of the top 10 book for investors. He also wrote reports such as How to Become a Recognized Expert in Only Six Months, and his newest book is Precious Metals Investing for Dummies. You can find out more about Paul by his website, www.ravingcapitalist.com. Paul, welcome. Oh, it's good to be on your show again, Trudy. Oh, thank you for coming back. Um, um, Now, Paul, as you know, I am a huge advocate for encouraging involvement with precious metals. Not only have I purchased metal assets for some time now, I believed in it so much that I researched the trial and error with some organizations until I finally found what I believe are some of the most affordable and profitable ways to be in the business of gold and silver. So this show is just right up my arena of interest. Paul, since you're advising on investing in precious metals, let's just are you a financial planner or advisor? Well, I'm a CFP, and I've been teaching about investing for, my God, over a quarter century now. And I'm hoping to share my favorite reasons why, you know, your listeners and, the, and viewers uh, would benefit from precious metals in a diversified portfolio. Yeah. And just for the audience, CFP is Certified Financial Planner, correct? This is correct. All right, great. Um, now, tell us how we can get a hold of a copy of your book. 
Well, I'm pretty sure they have uh, links right there. Uh, Precious Metals Investing for Dummies is uh, certainly available. I know you, for convenience sake, is add, uh, are adding that for your uh, blog viewers so they can go to a copy immediately. And uh, fortunately, it comes in both paperback version and a Kindle version for people's convenience. So thank you for asking that. Because uh, I think a, a lot of people get confused. They, they think uh, you know precious metals are only good for you know a certain segment of people. They have preconceived ideas. But I think in today's economy and the way you can buy it, I think even to even a small holding, I think is much much better than not at all. All right, so guys, um, the the book is available at Amazon.com, and I am going to have a link so you can get your copy of the book on two of my websites. One will be goldandsilvercoininvesting.com and also endmoneyproblems.com, but it is available at Amazon.com. So, so Paul, tell us a little bit about your book, Precious Metals Investing for Dummies. Well, it was quite interesting. My uh, my publisher, cause as you know, as you mentioned it graciously, that I wrote Stock Investing for Dummies, and the third edition is, is out there, and they asked me to do a book on a topic that uh, – I wasn't that crazy about it, and I said to them, look, I would love it if you did a book on precious metals because I think the world needs you know, a, a beginner's guide in this area. And uh, you know, they were convinced by it. And the book itself went from A to Z on everything about precious metals, not only gold and silver, but it covered platinum, palladium. Believe it or not, I even included uranium because, I mean, <laughs> it's energy-related, but it certainly is a precious metal, and there's, I think, a lot of potential for that as well. And so I even included base metals. And even how to include these things in an IRA. So there was a lot of things that could have been covered, and it easily filled an entire book. And I also had a chance to tell people about exactly why they should be having precious metals. Uh, I mean, precious metals, they were not a very good thing to be in during the 80s and 90s. They were better uh, venues. But I started being bullish right around two, you know, between 1999 and 2001 because I thought that we were entering an environment where precious metals would be extremely important as a part of a diversified you know, portfolio for, uh, for anybody out there, especially those who are concerned about you know, uh, the, the conditions of the last five years in the world economy. Yeah. Well, your foresights and your back in 2000, 2001 would have been awesome because, I mean, around then, if I'm not mistaken, Gold was a, just a little shy of a $300 an ounce, and today it's like five times that value. So, wow. All right, so until we have had a chance to read the book, Precious Metal Investing for Dummies, you started to a little bit, but just, just give us a little bit about why you believe today investing in precious metals is a good idea. Well, you know, let me tell you the one thing that I, the one, the number one reason why everybody out there should have, at least to some extent, you know, some precious metals, especially bullion in their portfolio. I mean, there's different ways of investing in gold and silver. There are mining stocks, there's ETFs, and there's a whole host, of, there's even mutual funds that cover the industry, etc. But me, uh, in terms of safety's sake, because I mean, you know, Trudy, you've seen what's happening on a world scene. We're worried about the next government collapsing. We're worried about uh, you know all sorts of uh, paper currencies exploding out there and debt. Uh, I mean, there's tons of problems. People are worried about the next collapse potentially in the stock market. But I would love to state the number one reason right here on your show exactly why I think everybody should consider them. And this is also the same reason I tell financial planners because it's amazing, Trudy, how many financial planners don't advise 
their clients to add a little a gold and silver bullion in their portfolio. When I, I I'm aware of some of those guys. I'm talking to some of them right now. So, yes, well, you please, know what shout it out, shout it out. Tell if us, they tell don't us, understand why, Trudy, you tell them to contact me and because I want them to safeguard <laughs> Because I will tell them and why they should safeguard their clients with this. Let me uh, let me tell you um, let me tell you the number the number one reason. The number one reason is that um, they should uh, is is they have everybody in your audience write down this this phrase and then they can explain this to their financial advisors, Trudy. And that is that gold and silver are among the very few uh, assets in the world today that do not have counterparty risk. This is a very important concept, counterparty risk. Now, many people might scratch their heads and say, oh, my God, because many people think when I say the number one reason they should own precious metals is because, oh, it's because it's an inflation hedge or it's a safe haven or it's, you know, it's good in times of economic turmoil and stuff like this. But the number one reason is in today's economy that it, that it doesn't have counterparty risk. And I think this is a very crucial point, and this is what I mean. See, every paper – investment out there. Even gold mining stocks and gold and silver ETFs, even these have this particular one here. All paper assets, or certainly the vast majority of paper assets out there, have counterparty risk. And what, it, what that means is this. Whenever you own a paper asset like a stock or a bond or even a currency or a mutual fund or an ETF, I mean virtual or mortgage or virtually any type of paper asset, the value of that paper asset is tied directly to the performance or promise of a third party. Very important point. See, when, see, Trudy, you and I know that if we own stock, that piece of paper that says I have 100 shares of, you know, you name your favorite company, well, that stock is only going to be as valuable as the performance of the underlying company. If that company is doing well, your stock will be fine and will do well. But if that company has trouble, and that's going to come back and, uh, and and bite you in terms of like the, uh, the the value of that stock. I mean, it's interesting that before the 2008 crisis, people forget a good example. Bear Stearns, which is no longer around, Bear Stearns in in 2007 had reached a high of $120 per share, and then by spring of 2008, it was no more. It went it went to zero. So your stock would have been a very pricey thing in 2007, but it was worthless in 2008. You see, bonds can go to zero. In other words, if you own a bond, that bond is only as valuable as the person, you know, as the company or who or the entity or agency, as they pay back the principal and the interest. If they go bankrupt, then your bond is going to be worthless, or it's certainly going to lose a lot of value. Mutual funds, mutual mutual funds, uh, mutual. Hold on a second. Okay, okay. Uh, Judy, there. I'm sorry, I had to switch. No problem. No problem. Anyway, so so the th so the thing is, so the thing is, uh, w uh, with the um, uh, with counterparty risk, this is a very important uh, point that people need to be safe about, and uh, they're not safe now. So the thing is that uh, the other venues that they have to consider, even some of my favorite stocks and bonds, you still have to worry about the performance of the company, you know, or the um, um, uh, you know or the bondholder or whatever. And, and people say, well, how not, why not be in a mutual fund? Well, with a mutual fund, that is also tied to what? A mutual fund only holds what? Stocks and bonds or some, uh, some configuration of that. You follow? So um, uh, this is All are on the same page mind. because that is something that I've been preaching for a very long time. I have several blogs that touch on 
on this topic. So um, I think I have one Wall Street walkout. I have another one uh, insecure securities and why I won't sell it. (laughs) Anyway, so awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. That's your number one reason. Um, Did you have any other reasons why it's a good idea? Well, here's the thing. Uh, The the thing about gold and silver as well, beside that prior reason, is that, look, you know, since the year 2000, you have had a, a massive increase, you know, in, in the amount of currency and debt that there is out on the, uh, the world landscape. Uh, right Paul, now, I just want to say your, uh, your reception is not as good as it was before, um, but hopefully, guys, you'll bear with us. I know Paul's a very busy guy, and I appreciate him being on today, so I know he had to switch phones or whatever, but um, just bear with us. The information is, is as good as gold. So go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. So, because they keep on producing currencies at at extremely high levels, the thing is this, part of the value of money is the fact that it's a scarce entity and you use it in exchange for goods and services. Well, the thing is, anybody, you know, like any central bank could produce a currency and produce a trillion of whatever it is, like dollars or euros, with a few mouse clicks. But the thing is, gold... You know, it's a very finite asset, and it can only be produced and added to the world currency, world reserves of gold at the, at the rate of like maybe 2% per year. So this is why it retains its value. So the interesting thing is that if you took a look at gold and silver since the beginning of the millennium, you know, roughly about the year 2000, you'll, you'll notice that, you know, uh, gold has performed well north of 400%, and silver has been in the neighborhood of like 500%, give or take, you know, depending on how, how you're going to, whether you're talking about spot price or futures price. So the thing is, you know, it, it's retained its value. You know, the gold and silver you bought back then could have bought, you could have exchanged it and bought, you know, whatever goods you needed, like, you know, gasoline or oil or whatever, you know. And today, you're, you're able to keep a pace of that. Where it, when you're talking about you, uh, dollars and euros, you keep on producing those, so the more and more you produce of those, then the less and less value they have. So the thing is, inflation has, it, has still been going forward. Uh, a lot of people have been telling me, oh, because it's a bad environment, inflation is down. But really, that's not the, uh, the, the, the point, because the, the things that we keep on needing are still going up. You know? and in other words, does anybody think that food and other necessities have gone down in price from three years ago? No, they've, they've gone up and gone up significantly. And as a lot of these world currencies, the, the, the money starts to, to uh, circulate and head back into you know, the economy, you're going to see, you know, in some cases, hyperinflation definitely occur. So, uh, so the thing is that you're going to have people out there, look, if you have 10% inflation, for instance, if you have 100000 in the bank, and they're only paying 1%, they're keeping interest rates artificially low to try to help out the debt situation. Well, if you have 100000 in the bank and it's earning you 1% and inflation goes north of 10%, that means in 10 years, you know, your money is going to be worthless in that account. So it's an important diversification for people you know, to add uh, gold and silver to their uh, picture to help um, you know, uh, uh, mitigate against the risks of all the other assets that are out there. You know? And I think that any financial planner, once you, you explain it to them, they see the value for their clients to do this very thing. Look, you don't have to buy a fortune. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're speaking also to financial planners on this show because I know I have had conversations with some of them, and, and what I have been, you know, hearing is it's same old, same old. They've been doing same old, same old, and, and we need to actually guide 
people because they also don't know what else. They're going to do it the same way they've always done it because that's all they know. And, you know, in your job, your, your, your job is to help people figure out what is the best way to protect their money and grow it. And so for financial planners to just do same old, same old is not necessarily to, to help their clients even introduce them to a new idea. It was not really a new idea, but maybe new for them as a new avenue to go because really, as you just pointed out, you know, I personally lost a lot of money in our 401k. Why? Because it was handled with a lot of stocks and bonds and mutual funds and so forth. All right, so just tell us, Paul, do you have a, a preference for gold or silver? Why or why not? Well, my I, I, I personally like uh, silver a little better than gold, believe it or not. I mean, for, first of all, for many folks, especially folks who think that, that the, who think that gold is out the, outside of their uh, purview, you know, silver is still a very affordable. I mean, right now you're talking about, you know, with the recent temporary pullback, uh, you know, you could probably uh, pick up, you know, silver for like roughly thirty bucks an ounce. You know what I mean? And my favorite way for beginners to purchase you know, either gold or silver, because, uh, I mean, many people are wondering how to do it. I mean, they see the commercials on TV and on the radio, and you buy, you know, uh, this or that. I tell them, first of all, stick to bullion, because there's another category of gold and silver called the numismatic coins. You know, it's the collectibles. And the the, the thing about this is that uh, bullion is a safer thing for, you know, uh, especially beginners to get into, because when you're buying bullion, you're not worried about the collectible value of it, and the prices could be all over the place. See, bullion coins come with a small premium attached. I mean, when you take a, you know, an ounce of silver and turn it into a, uh, a bullion coin, uh, it costs a little bit more than spot price because you have to fabricate the coin. Uh, right now, the main coin to look at for small investors is the Silver Eagle. Uh, that's public, that's uh, produced by the U.S. Mint. And the, and the Silver Eagle is one of my favorite places for people to turn to because, first of all, it's issued by probably one of the few government authorities that have a good and solid exacting standard. We, go, we could all figure out many government authorities out there who don't have that, but the U.S. Mint does a superb job, and the Silver Eagle is, is considered a world-class coin. And Silver Eagles are bought and sold by the millions, you know, week in and week out on a worldwide basis. So they're easy to buy <clears throat> and they're easy to sell. And people can find out more you know, through places such as that. Yeah. And, and I gold. and I sell I sell the gold the the silver eagle bullion coin um on um one of my websites so um definitely and that's my personal um my personal you know go to coin as well I mean I I get, I take everything but that is the one piece in my portfolio that I I tend to buy the most of All right so the traditional strategy of using debt to acquire assets is a big component of the current economic meltdown. What would you say to those people considering using a credit card or a loan that they actually can't pay off right away to get started in gold and silver now that we've convinced them that maybe they should consider owning some? Right. Well, I, uh, first of all, I, I'm, I'm, I've never been an advocate of using uh, you know, uh, debt to acquire assets. I'm, I'm with you, for, uh, you know, uh, on this realm. I can understand people using it for buying big-ticket purchases, such as a, a, a house, et cetera, and you have to live in it, obviously. But uh, in terms of the fact, I mean, I don't even, even though I wrote a book, Stock Investing for Dummies, it's very rare I even 
talk to people about using margin to buy stocks because you know obviously if you if 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 the market's on your side you can make a nice profit but if the market's against you that leverage comes down like a hammer on you and because the short term metals prices can be uh, you know uh, somewhat volatile in the short term because you have you know things going on in the futures market uh, etc which I may not want to go into because I'll stick to the bullion for now but you, you don't want to borrow. I mean, look, if, if people borrowed, you know, to get their gold when gold was at like eighteen and nineteen hundred, and right now gold is roughly, uh, you know, give or take a hair of around sixteen hundred, you know, it's going to zigzag down. So people might be underwater. So all right, we have a caller on the line. Let's let's see who this is. Hello, caller. Hello. Um, your name, yeah. please. <clears throat> Go ahead. Your name, please. Ask your question, sir. Hello. Hello. I'm calling on my cell phone. I don't know if you can hear me. I we can hear you. Okay, great. Did you have a question or a comment, sir? Uh yes. Um I believe uh practically Silver has more applications than gold. Right. Uh, uh, silver has a, has a dual quality, both as a monetary metal and as an industrial metal. So that's part – what you're mentioning is part of the reason why I like silver, because it keeps on being used up, and so therefore it becomes more rare. So I think that that has some strong potential. We didn't get yeah. your name. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Frank Sheffield. Okay, thanks for calling in, Frank. Um, any anything else did you want to say to Paul or ask? That's a great point, by the way. The industrial uh, value of silver—that that's another right. good, the uses, good point right there. The uses, of, the uses of silver keep on exploding. They're using it in healthcare. They're using it in the, uh, you know many electronics, RFID tags. You know a lot of the latest uh, gadgetry, ranging from you know, flat screen TVs to iPhones, etc., all require some amount of silver. So. So the so demand and usage of it keeps on growing, which is only makes it a very favorable long-term factor for people investing in silver. As uh, medical applications did to be made from silver? Yeah, there's a lot of medical applications. You use silver for CAT scans. You you use them now as a as a biocide, you know, in order to kill bacteria. And you know, you even have places like you know some manufacturers are using silver lining in washing machines so they can be able to, you know, kill bacteria and, and make for cleaner clothing. Uh, and also to bandages, there are now specialized bandages that use silver in it so that you you can avoid infection. So um, so you're right about that, definitely. So very bright future for uh, silver in terms of the supply and demand picture because of things like what you're mentioning. Okay, I, and that, that call dropped. He did say he was on a cell phone. So maybe that's what's happening there. Well, we thank Frank for calling in. And uh, now, Paul, what are some key nuggets? Uh, and by the way, that was some phenomenal stuff you just mentioned there about silver. What are some key nuggets that we should know before getting into precious metals? Well, first of all, uh, I was alluding to it earlier. I mean, when people get into metals, and I want them to own the physical metal, okay, because that's how they diversify away from the risks of paper assets. There's bullion and numismatics. What I want people to, to to do, especially if they're not you know comfortable or familiar with with the metals, stick with the bullion because there you'll get a closer ratio of what you're paying for and buying. The the real risks for people getting involved 
especially with a lot of these vendors out there, uh, you know, until they're more savvy about how metals work, I want to caution them for, as a consumer about numismatic coins out there. Because many times you can buy a numismatic coin, but the price can be all over the place. And it's very easy to make a bad decision when you're buying numismatic coins, like collectibles. Especially since usually what's built into numismatic coins is uh, you know, a premium of over like you know, 40%. You know, in other words, if you pay a thousand dollars, you know, uh, in the terms of a, of a of a collectible coin, then the real value that you know, other vendors will buy back from you might only be like six hundred dollars or even less. Also, bullion coins, you have to worry about the grade, you have to worry about the mintage, you have to worry about the scarcity. Condition is a very big factor. You could have two coins that look very very similar, but because one is slightly better in grade there might be a thousand percent difference in the price and so it's very easy to be ripped off here very easy to overpay and uh, even if you buy bullion coin you need at least five years to get your money back but with bullion it's a different animal uh, because even though you buy bullion coins at a slight premium you also when you sell it you sell it at a slight premium so I, I think it retains its value easier and it's easier to make money in this area in terms of safety and in terms of being a, a wiser consumer. So definitely stick with the bullion coins like Silver Eagles. Well, we have five minutes in the show. I just want to say this. Um, that is definitely Paul Majenovic's opinion. There are um, collectors out there that may totally disagree with you, Paul, especially those who are collectors in a true sense of collecting. Oh, no. And also, as you pointed you. out, go on. As you po as you pointed out, um, the, the the numismatic coin is a premium product because of all the factors that you mentioned, the grade and the collectible value. And yes, there are definitely the unscrupulous people who can always turn any good thing into a bad thing. But um, the, the savvy investor may want to have a mix. Um, so, you know, there's room for everybody out there, and I definitely appreciate your position on uh, the bullion coins, which I absolutely do sell, and I also sell the numismatics. Um, so, anyway, let's, let me – we only have like four well, minutes in the show, and I have Trudy, a couple – go ahead. One minute here. I, I, I strongly advise your listeners to, to deal with the reputable folks like you, all right, because it's, <laughs> it's a great area, but I want them to deal with reputable folks like yourself. And, that, and that's the point that I, I want to make. You need good guidance, and so I think that's very important. You know? Right, because there's definitely the opportunity for, for being ripped off. There's absolutely, I've even seen articles that there's a, a now fake gold out there. So sometimes the numismatic coins, just, you know, just because there's a third-party endorsement that it is the legitimate stuff, sometimes that can help. But that's, that's, that's actually a show of itself where we can dissect the different forms that people can hold gold and silver, the, the bullion, yes. the numismatic, the paper, the mutual funds. We can definitely look at another show for that in the future. Um, so <clears throat> uh, let's see. Some, Of course, some people may already have gold in their portfolio and not even know it if they give their financial advisor, you know, kind of carte blanche to just, you know, invest their money for them. Now, uh, there are many strategies for investing in, in personal metals. Uh, I personally buy and hold um, I buy a lot of bullion. I buy a lot of uh, uh, American Eagle coins. I do buy some numismatics, but I buy and hold. I really don't have any plan to sell until maybe after retirement if I need cash. But that's my personal strategy. So I'm using gold and silver as my stra one of my vehicles for savings. I don't save cash. I think that's a waste of time. But that's me. Yes, I'm now, with you buying on that. I definitely. 
Well, buying and holding until retirement is just one strategy. But, you know, some people watch the price charts, buy low, sell high, so on. You know, while we know that a person's goal will influence their involvement strategy, can you give us a really quick uh, mention of some other popular strategies that you've come across for uh, being involved with gold and silver? Well, the, uh, the, the thing is, one thing they should keep in mind as well is that many people think that when you're buying, whether it's bullion or uh, or, the, or the numismatic, is that they think they can only get like uh, one ounce, and then they feel that the price is way north. But there's many denominations that are smaller and more affordable that yes. people can get involved with. You know, Absolutely. people forget that because that, that way they can do a, an accumulation. Like me, for example. I have both bullion and numismatic coins in my thing, and I'm like you, long-term, uh, definitely, especially since the gold and silver you know, cycle is still years away from being completed. I, I don't see myself being bearish on gold and silver until we get to the other side of all these worldwide crises that are unfolding right now. So, All right, uh, two seconds left. I got, I, got to, I got to close up with next week's stuff. I just want to throw out there that I really think that the people who have a mindset, and I don't know if you found this, for, being, for even considering gold and silver have a wealth mindset. It's the, ones, the ones who are open, because everybody will buy jewelry, but the ones who are open have a wealth mindset and a growth mindset and a personal empowerment mindset. But, you know, I want to remind everybody that I am in the gold and silver business, guys. You can check my website. DebtFreeWealth.org. There will be links. And please join us next week. The topic is Delete Debt 101. I hate to tell you this, but the crisis is not over. Deleting debt has got to be a priority. We've got to get back to the basics. Some of you may be doing it. Some of you may be not. We'll add some tips and strategies for those of you who are working on it. Bankruptcy, traditional strategies like debt solution companies, we'll talk about it all. Thank you, guys, and I look forward to you joining us next week.